33, if you would. And, uh, and then we're going to go to Genesis 12 right, right after that. Psalm 33 is the, verse, the foundation for this series we've been on called Words That Change Everything. So as you're turning there, I've got a couple quick announcements for you as well. I wanted to highlight, um, number one, next weekend, I, we have very special guests that are coming in. When I was in India at the beginning of February, I met this young lady and her kids she and her husband, who, who wasn't there to meet, meet us at the moment, uh, are, opened up a mission, um, they opened up an orphanage in India, and they have about 150 kids there. And they're opening a school, and, and they just have to do a number of ministries just to reach these kids. Now, you've got to understand that India, uh, with all their gods, the one god they don't want is Jesus. And so there's a lot of hostility towards Christianity. And so here these guys are, and they're taking in these kids. It's against the law to proselytize or to actually share your faith and, and lead somebody to Jesus. And so they're under all kinds of um, you know, pressure at times, but they're just reaching out to all these kids. So they have about 150 orphans there at their orphanage. I met, I met her, and I just felt led to pray uh, before she left. They were coming out here. Her, her and her family were coming out here. She's originally from Colorado. He's from India himself. And I said, I prayed for divine appointments. And then after that, we had a brief conversation. She found out I was from, in, from Michigan. And she said, I'm going to be in Michigan coming up in March. I said, really? Where at? Three Rivers. I said, no way. You know, like, how do you meet somebody, like, for just a 45 minutes in India? And they're like, I'm going to be right down the street from you. And I said, well, you've got to come to my church. I want us to hear what you're doing. You know, when you meet people like this that have laid it all down just for Jesus, I think that's inspiring. And we need to hear those stories because, because we need to do that. Maybe you, you won't go off to India. You might just lay it all down right where you're at and, and give your all to Jesus and just see what he does. And, uh, and it's also important for us to support people like that, too. So I said, I want you guys to come. They're, they're going to be here uh, next Sunday for sure, maybe even on Saturday as well. But I just want to introduce them to you, and, and I want to be able to bless them also. So that's happening this coming week. I, uh, bring somebody. If you know, if you, especially if you've got uh, maybe teenagers or, or something like that, it's important to keep people like this in front of their eyes so, so that they can, they can just get a picture of what God can do in their lives. And then also, um, I mentioned this to you last week, I'll, I'll keep mentioning it, but our people care. The Lord's called us to outstanding people care. And what that means for us initially is that every single person is loved, every single person is cared for, every single person is known by name, and every single person is prayed for by name. And so in order for that to happen with a with a church of our size and ever growing, I can't do it myself. I don't know, you know, every single per- name of person, the people who come in. Some of some of them I, I struggle with. Sometimes I, I'm yelling at my kids and I have to go through the list of, on which kid are you. But nevertheless, you know, when we get people who are just here every couple weeks or whatever, they're still important to God. And the Lord's brought them here and that might be you. And so somebody needs to know your name and be praying for you by name and just you need to know you're loved. I say that because I've invited people to partner together with me, and on my behalf, they would be calling you maybe once a month, and or uh, once a month, and trying to connect with you face-to-face, just have a conversation, and say, hey, how are things going? How can we pray for you? 
just want you to know you're not on your own. We care about you. That's the kind of church God's called us to be. If, if, uh, if you feel like, man, I want to be part of that church, well, you're here. <laughs> you found it. And that's what we're moving into. But I want to uh, encourage you, if you get a call from someone from The Rock, it's not a sales call. Well, if it's for these people, it's not a recruiting call. It's not a, hey, where have you been? You're in trouble call or anything like that. It's a, hey, we love you. We're praying for you. How can we pray for you? And they're calling on my behalf. So would you answer the phone and, uh, or respond back to them and just, you know, greet them and so forth and let them know how, how, we can, um, how we can support you and pray for you. Is that good? Did I give you enough find, time to find Psalm yet, Psalm 33? Okay, let's say this out loud together, verse 6 and 9. Verses 6 and 9. If you don't have New King James Version, read it from the screen so we all say the same words loudly and together. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. This is how God works. He doesn't need to get his hands dirty. He doesn't have to sweat. He doesn't have to really, you know, try hard and struggle. He speaks, and it's done. And we see this happening throughout the word. God speaks. Through creation, that's how he got the whole ball rolling, so to speak. And then he goes through that and he gets to his final uh, creation, man. And when he makes man, he says, let them have dominion over the earth and, and over all this creation. So he made man in his likeness according to his image, male and female, he made them in his likeness. And he said, now you do what I just did. You exercise authority over this place. It belongs to you. And as long as man and God were connected, things were going to be in, a, in really good order. That's God's design for it. He speaks, and then it happens. This is how God works. And then he says, now I want you to exercise authority through your words. You stay connected to me. You st- now, we've been talking about this, filling your heart with faith, believing, and so forth. But exercise the authority. There's power in our words. Words have the ability to change things. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Did you hear that just uh, recently that, oh, the witches of the world are gathering together to pronounce a, a, a spell or, or something on, on um, President Trump? Why are they doing that? Now, I, I don't mean what's their motivation, like what are they really after, but why are they doing that? It's because they believe there's power in their words. People outside, this isn't just something that, that God is saying. Only for Christians is, is there power in your words. But people understand words are powerful. And words can release blessings and words can release cursing. And so for us, we, we know that uh, God's not called us to speak death and to agree with curses, right? God's called us to speak life. In fact, James chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praising and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. This should not be. That out of the same mouth, we can give God praise. In the same mouth, we can curse somebody. We can, we can criticize. We can condemn. We can speak life and praise to God, and then at the the next moment, or maybe that day or that week, next thing you know, we're talking bad about somebody. Even 
if they did bad, <laughs> we join in. And the Bible says, shouldn't be that way for you. Shouldn't be that way for you. Amen? Tell the person next to you, shouldn't be that way for you. You should be talking nice about me. So this is how God continues to operate, and, and uh, he blesses. God operates this way. He blesses. In fact, he transfers blessing. He bestows blessing on his people through words. Look with me at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. You remember this guy, Abram, or Abraham, as we, most of us would know him? God puts a blessing on Abraham with words. This is how he operates. Genesis 1 uh, 12, 1 and 3 says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, How did, what did he do? He said, right? He spoke words. He said, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You see that word blessing show up a bunch of times? And how is God uh, letting him know that that's going to come upon him? By saying it. He's speaking it to him. That word blessed, it's the, it's the Hebrew word baraka. To bless is barak, but the blessing is baraka. And this is what it means. I'm going to give you the, the description or of the word. It means to endue with power for success, prosperity, fecundity, and longevity. To endue with power for success, prosperity, fecundity, and longevity. That's what it means to bless. Success. I'm going to cause you to have the power to be successful. God said, I'm going to cause you to have the power to prosper. I'm going to cause you to have the power for fecundity. <laughs> I'm giving you the power for longevity. Now, I taught on the blessing about two years ago, and I re read this definition, and I read that word fecundity, and I thought, I don't know what that, mean, that word means. Then I read the definition again uh, just this week, and I thought, I still don't know what that word means. <laughs> It's like, you put the fun in fecundity. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. Man, uh, you bet. You got fecundity? You better go to the doctor and get that checked, man. That might spread. What is fecundity? Here's what it, it means. It means fruitful and childbearing. Fruitful and childbearing. Why didn't they just say that when they define it? That'd be so much easier. Maybe back in the day, they used to use that word. Um, you know, someone's walking and they have got a bunch of kids. Like, your fecundus is showing. Look, all those kids right there. Anyways. Uh, so fecundity means fruitful and childbearing, but you can imagine that that's a blessing, especially when there's high mortality rates in some places, and you, you know you, you, your kids they you passing on the the you know the through your lineage and, and all all of what that meant means and meant is is a big deal, and uh, so in the patriarchal narratives, blessing is linked specifically to reproductive powers as well, but the lesson is clear: God gives life, so so it's not just children but but in everything god said well this goes right along with when he said to adam and eve be fruitful and multiply be fruitful and multiply so so through you uh life is to flow life is to flow through you 
So even when we talk about prosperity or success or longevity, we're talking about this, this life-giving power that, that God has passed on because our life is in, in Christ, right? And, and it flows through us. He's given us life, but he says, but that I'm putting on you. And he's specifically saying, I'm putting it on my covenant people. And the way I'm doing that is I'm speaking these words of blessing over you right now. And the power of God's word takes what God has. And if you were to say it's a tangible thing, like, like, he, like it, it's a, a good or something, it, it's a treasure. And the way he hands it to us is not by go and find it in the earth somewhere, but he says words. And by his words, it, he passes it on. Whatever that treasure is or that power or, or that blessing is, he passes it on from his heart, hand, mouth to us. That's how he gets the blessing across. And so when we talk about words that change everything, understand that even the very blessing of God that came upon Abram, that was to cause all the nations of the earth to be blessed, which we'll, we'll touch on in just a minute, but that would impact the entire world, it was transferred through words. The word of God specifically. Initially, though, lest you think that that blessing was only from God speaking it. Because he's calling us to speak the word as well. Now, when God gave Abram this blessing, he, he put a, a, a force on the inside of him that nothing was able to stop. No one would be able to stop that. The blessing of God came on Abram, and it continued to be passed down. I want to distinguish blessing from blessings. Uh, if you were to look at it you'll, and you study a little bit about the blessing of Abraham, oftentimes you'll see something called the sevenfold blessing of Abraham, the sevenfold blessing. And it's just broken down from the scripture here that I, I read to you. It says, now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. For some of you think, that'd be a blessing right there if I can get out from mom and dad's house or get my kids out of my house. Um, but that's not the part I'm going to talk about right here. The, the, he says, to a land that I'll show you. First, first part of it is God, God has a promised land for Abram. And he said, but I'm going to show you. And so even when we think about how this applies to us, God's saying, I have promises for you and I'll lead you there. I'll lead you to those promises. And, and I'll lead you to what you need and what I have for you. There's something about that, this, and God's saying, I will show it to you. And that's why it's so important for us to not be just trying to find it on Google, but to find it in the word and find it with the Lord. God, show me, lead me by your spirit. Lead me by your spirit. And so God said, I'm going to show you this, this land here, but for you, you have things that, that God has promised for you. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a job. Maybe Maybe it's a, a, um, a ministry. Maybe it's just, you know, a house that you're believing God for. Maybe you might even be in a place where I, I need to buy another car. What car do I buy, Lord? And, and there's this promise of the leadership of God saying, I'll lead you right there. I'll lead you, and I'm never going to leave you on your own. And then he goes on to say this. He said, I'll make you a great nation. I'm going to make you a great nation. So I'm going, to, I'm going to expand your territory and what comes from you. Like, Abram, it's just you and Sarah right now and, and some, you know, distant, some, some relatives over here, but no kids. But I'm going to expand, uh, I'm going to expand you. I'm going to make you a great nation. A great nation is going to come out of you. There's something about this expansion that God says that he's doing in his life. And he does it in your life, too. 
Some of you are like, I don't want more kids. All right, well, maybe you're not going to have more kids. But nevertheless, God has a, a, a great work for you. And, and uh, for some of you, even the word of the Lord would be to expand, you know, the tent, right? Stretch out to the left, stretch out to the right. There's growth for you. There, there is a greater territory that God would have for you. He said this, I will bless you. This is, would be number three. I will bless you. And that word, I just talked about that, uh, the provision of God, the empowerment, the pr- uh, everything that you will ever have need of, God said, I'll provide that for you. I will be your source. I will bless you. I will enable you. I will meet your needs. I will give you an abundance. We'll talk about that with Abram in just a minute. And he said, and I'll make your name great. Your name. You're going to have a great reputation. You're going to be respected. You're going to be at a place of honor and influence. And, and this is the Lord's will, by the way, not just for Abraham, but for you. That people would look to you and think, you have something to offer. They have a tremendous respect for you, that you are in a place of influence, a place of promotion. The Lord, people should be the head and not the tail. This is what he's called us to. He said, and you will be a blessing. You will be a blessing. Not only am I going to bless you, but this is always God's heart, is to transfer that through us. And so God is saying this, you will be a blessing. This is important because some of us feel like a failure waiting to happen. And God says, you are a blessing waiting to happen. You are a bl- everywhere you go, watch out because somebody is going to get blessed. That's how he looks at it with you. He says, when, when people come across you, they're going to come away with value added to them. They're going to come away better off than when they met you. That's the kind of, of blessing you should be. I shared this testimony last night about uh, my daughter. She, was, she called me the other day kind of half crying. And, you know, my daughter's, uh, she's the Abigail. Uh, she's a little bit of an emotional responder. And so when I get the crying call, I don't know, like, oh, gosh, what's going on? Or, oh, gosh, what's going on? And so, so she's crying a little bit. Dad, are you alone? I'm thinking, oh, no. You know, like, you don't even want mom to hear this, or <laughs> this is bad. I just Those are the thoughts. You know, I didn't say it. I just thought it. And, um, and then she said, Dad, I was in church today, and Pastor Jerry was talking, and he was talking about tithing. And I just sat there, and I said, Dad, I said, God, I, I want to be able to tithe, but I don't have a job. So she moved out there. She worked at Starbucks for a little while, but she felt like the Lord told her to step away from her job to focus entirely on the internship and get all she can out of this time with, with the ministry and God. And uh, that sounds great until you don't have any money, right? And, um, and yet she felt like the Lord was telling her to do that. And so, you know, as a parent, all right, I don't want to tell you God didn't say that to you. You know, some people, I do say that stuff like, if you don't work, you don't eat. But um, there are times when, when this happens. And so, uh, so she said, I was just praying right during the middle of the message, God, I don't even have the ability to tithe. And, and, and so it wasn't even, I don't have any money, poor me, but I can't even give right now. And my ki- kids grew up knowing, you know, we modeled and we taught them to tithe. And so anyways, so that's a big deal for her. Um, after service, she walks out into the, the lobby there. And this couple walks up to her. I don't even know the couple, so it wasn't because like, hey, I want to I want to do something because of I love your parents type thing. Uh, this couple walks up to her and says, um, "We've been putting aside some money for a while, and we thought that maybe the Lord would have us, you know, 
give it to the church in, in a certain way or for a certain fund. But as we prayed about it, felt like the Lord said to give it to you. So the husband and wife said that. And she was like, wow. So they hand her an envelope. She says, thank you. And she looks in it, and there's 1100 and something dollars in there. That's what she was crying about. She said, Dad, I've never had this much money in my life. Dad, I can tithe $110. I've never tithed that much. And so here, here is something that, uh, as a parent, that makes me feel good. But here's a testimony of, um, of, of God's word coming to pass, blessing you. But you know what else? How many of you guys think, okay, I'm ready for someone to walk up to me with an envelope right now, right? Heck yeah. But let me tell you something. Get an envelope out and start putting away some money and ask the Lord who to give it to. Because not only was she blessed, but somebody else was a blessing. Somebody else was a blessing. And guess what's going to happen because they stepped out and believed God? Guess what's going to happen? The blessing of the Lord is going to overtake them as well. Probably already has by now. But you just see these things coming to pass. My daughter's in covenant with God. That family's in covenant with God. One was blessed. The other one was a blessing, right? And then my daughter is able to be a blessing as well because of the favor of the Lord there, because of the blessing of the God. He said this. He goes on to say, uh, that was number five. Number six is, um, he said, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. God said, I'm going to support those who support you, but I'm going to stop your enemies. I'm going to stop your enemies. Some of you might have enemies here, and God is sitting here telling you, I will stand up against them on your behalf. I will do that. And so when God is giving this blessing to Abraham, he says, this is what it means, and you can expect this of me. You can expect when people come alongside you, and they support you, and they bless you, guess what? I'm going to bless them. I'm going to bless them. But when they come up and curse you and try to stop you from from, uh, fulfilling my plan in your life, I'm going to stop them. I'm going to stop that, put a, you know, silence that. God says, that right there is going to get me out of my seat and get me to, you know, hey, you're not going to, you're not going to lay a hand on him. You're going to have to stop those judgments against him. God is sitting there saying, I will be your protection, your shield. Amen. Is that good so far? And then the seventh thing is, he said, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. There, it goes beyond just the material things that show up, but really what uh, Abraham said in here saying that down the road, through you, this whole covenant's going to spread. This whole promise, the, the whole I, I, idea of this relationship with me, and, and ultimately salvation through Jesus, who's going to come through your lineage right there, through him, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. Everybody's going to be able to enter into this through him, and it's coming through you. And so the blessing of God, what it does is it, it causes others, the blessing of God on us causes others to turn to Christ. This is the blessing. And God said, Abraham, I'm speaking this to you now. It belongs to you. But it didn't stop at Abraham. It didn't stop at Abraham. Now, Abraham started to experience these things, of course. You know, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow to it in Proverbs 10.22. The blessing of the Lord makes somebody rich. Uh, the blessings, don't, don't confuse the blessings with the blessing. 
Blessings are the stuff. The stuff is not the blessing. The blessings are things that show up because the blessings show up because of the blessing. So Abraham experienced this, like in Genesis 13, 1 and 2, says, So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev and his wife and everything he had, and Lot, his nephew, he went with him. And Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and silver and in gold. In case that someone just thinks that the, spirit, the blessing is spiritual only and that he was very wealthy in a spiritual sense, the scripture was very uh, intentional to say in livestock, in silver, in gold. Not spiritual sheep. Meh, did you hear that? Yeah, but did you see it? No, it's in the spirit. Can I, can I pay for this plot of land with spiritual gold? It's right there. You just can't see it. Take it. Sign, sign this real deed, though, right? I would like to buy a hamburger with silver, spiritual silver. Just give me the real hamburger. I'll give you the spiritual silver. No, he would, all these blessings came because of the blessing, the blessing. So, so things started to show up in his life. The blessing is not riches. It's not money, but it does cause those things. It brings favor, it brings peace, it brings healing, fulfillment, wisdom, confidence. Those things there are blessings that come from the blessing, the blessing. So God bestowed the blessing of Abraham on to his son Isaac when he came. In Genesis 26, 1 through 4, it says, There was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land. Which land is that? This is the land of famine up here. Dwell in this land, and I'll be with you. So, so here he is. Isaac's there, and, and there's a famine. He says, I'm out of here. He starts to go. He makes it as far as Gerar. And God says, Stop. You're going to go to a place over here, Egypt, and that's not where I want you to be. If you stay where I tell you to be, I'll bless you. God will always bless you when you stay in the place where he's told you to be. So he says, do not go there. I will be with you, which is a key, and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. And I'll make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven, and I'll give, you, give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So what happened? God transferred the blessing that he spoke to Abraham through words onto Isaac. And he said, you stay right here. So uh, if you look at verse 12, it says, then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. He sowed in the land of famine and in the same year reaped a hundredfold. Why, was he, why were his crops growing and nobody else is growing? And they were growing to the fullness. Fullness right there. Why was that? Because God was with him and God blessed him. God is everywhere. Yeah, but God's not with everybody. God loves everybody, yes, but he has not blessed everybody. He blesses those in covenant. Verse 13, the man began to prosper. Wait a minute. Back up. Verse 12 says, he reaped in that same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper. Why did he prosper? Because God blessed him, and God was with him. And he continued prospering. 
I know there's an abuse of the whole terminology with prosperity and so forth. Some have taken extreme. I have almost never actually heard people saying it. I've only, I've heard, out of the 100 times I've heard it referred to, 99 people are talking about how it's been abused. I've maybe heard one person actually speak of it in an abusive manner. So most people just criticize the abuse of it. But when you just read the Bible, just read the Bible. Go with that, because that right there is overwhelming. So forget all the abuses and the criticisms of it. Just read the Bible and see this. It says, the man began to prosper. That's good. How many of you think, I, I would like to begin to prosper right now? Okay. How many of you like, would, would like to continue prospering? I, I'd like to continue prospering. How many of you would like to continue prospering until you become very prosperous? Yeah, I'd like to become very prosperous. Okay. So, Lord, do that in everybody who said yes. All right? All right. For he had possessions of flocks. Are those spiritual flocks or real flocks? Yeah, and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Why did the Philistines envy him? Because everything he touches turns to gold. This is the blessing on his life. It's one of those things you ever meet somebody and things just happen for them. And it's not because they had a lot of money or because they came from, oh, you know who his dad is, you know, oh, yeah. It's like there, there are some people where things happen because of that. But sometimes there's people, it's like, man, everything works out for them. And God is saying that about Isaac and you, that everything, there's just something about you that everything is going to work out for you, that people will envy you because of it. They'll sit there and say, what is going on in your life? the Philistines, they didn't have that covenant. It wasn't working for them, but it'll work for you. It'll work for you. They envied him because the blessing of God, that's what it was. That's what, that's what distinguished him from other people. Well, Isaac passed on the blessing onto Jacob, his son, with words. He passed on the blessing uh, to his son with words. J uh, Jacob then becomes very prosperous, supernaturally prosperous. Remember, he keeps getting cheated by his father-in-law, Laban, and, uh, but yet he keeps prospering. Here's what the blessing of God does. It's like strapping your butt to an F-16 fighter jet. And when everybody else is running around trying to move and maneuver and get from point A to point B, you've got this supernatural power that just blows you right past them and causes you to do some things that neither you or anybody else could do in the natural. But you've got this power strapped to you that is not your own. So we need to respect it, but we need to utilize it, right? Man, I got an F-16 on my back. You know, I'm not, I'm not stuck anymore. I've got the blessing of God on me. I'm not stuck anymore. Jacob became so uh, blessed, and he understood the value of the blessing so much now, here's some, one of these Bible stories where you think everything that just happens in people's lives because they do everything right. I don't know all the details of this other than it's kind of an interesting story. But, I mean, like, like come on, this is kind of deceitful. But, but Jacob, he got the blessing from Isaac, his father, through deceit because the blessing really belonged to Esau. But Jacob and his mom, who was kind of shady too in some ways, she, she knew that Isaac was going to pass on the blessing to Esau, and she said, hey, here's what you need to do. Act like you're Esau, and, and you know, rub, put some animal fur on you, and, and, and I'll make some stew, and we'll go in there and bring him a meal. 
and then he's, he's, he's blind, he can't see anyways, and so he's just going to bless you. And so, so Isaac speaks the blessing onto Jacob, because Jacob comes in first, and he speaks, he speaks this blessing on him, and, uh, and then Jacob's like, good. So, so he tells him, the blessing of Abraham is now upon you, and he speaks, you know, prosperity, favor, he speaks these words. He doesn't hand him anything. He doesn't say, okay, you guys all do this, and I'm transferring the the authority, you know, or whatever here. He doesn't say that. He speaks words. Jacob goes out, and he scarcely made it out of the room, and then Esau finally shows up and says, here I am, Dad, bless me. And Isaac says, oh, I, I, just, I just blessed your brother, and he shall surely be blessed. And so Esau says, don't you have another blessing for me? Don't you have another blessing? See, here's the power of the words and the blessing being transferred. It's irrevocable. And so Isaac didn't say, oh, because he deceived me, it's illegitimate, and so it cancels that out. He says, no, when I spoke these words, the blessing of God on Abraham, the blessing of Abraham transferred from me to him, and I can't just transfer it down this way. This is all part of the sovereign work of God and him maneuvering things and so forth. Um, but Esau said, can't you just say something to me? And so Isaac says, sure. You're going to serve your brother. <laughs> You're going to be a servant. Why? Because he has the blessing of Abraham. And I've already spoken this out. These words are powerful. So when we, we talk about this stuff, it's not like, oh, I'm saying this. No, I changed my mind. I'm saying that. God never changes his mind. He never changes his mind. Let me get to the end of this right here. Jacob, he goes on, he passes on the blessing to, to all 12 of his sons with words, with his words. Esau was crying about it, by the way. He cried because he knew that all the success in our family came because of this blessing. Everything that has happened in our family line happened not because we happened to be in the right place at the right time. It wasn't because we're in a, in a resourceful land. It wasn't because we're the right name. It wasn't because we're the right family and all this other stuff or that we're the most powerful. It's because of the blessing. And he cried because he knew I'm missing out on that. It's bypassing me. Just so you know, it's not your gender. It's not your age. It's not your financial background. It's not your education. It's not your race. It's not what you've accomplished. It's not what your family's accomplished. It's not where you live. It's not because you're in the United States. None of those things can hold you down. None of those things. And people who, who, who put the blame on those things and say, that's why I'm not successful, they are missing <laughs> the fact that God can take you with any limitation in the natural realm and every limitation and still cause you to go from the tail to the head, from the bottom to the top. You are not limited by what other people are limited by. You have the blessing of God. You're thinking, wait a minute, I didn't see that I got that blessing. Okay, 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 I'll get on in the message. Jesus took the curse of sin so we could have the blessing of Abraham. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. By the way, the law came after the promises, and yet God said, hey, there's blessings and cursings associated with following this law, but uh, Jesus took all the curse away 
on himself for the not following it part so that the blessing, verse 14, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I want to get back to that. Chapter 3, verse 29 says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. All the blessing that God put on Abraham, the Bible just said right now that that is being passed on, that has been passed on to you. Now, here's the deal. I'm just, I'm, I'm reading even last night and preparing and meditating and just catching. You know what the blessing of Abraham really is? Because Sometimes I'm saying, what is the, I mean, like you said, I'm going to bless you and do all this stuff and this happens. What the blessing of Abraham really is that God was promising to him, it's right here in verse 14. It says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And then verse 29 said, your heirs according to the same promise. It's not the blessings. It's not the success, the prosperity. It's not the provision. It's not all the favor. Those are the blessings that come. come. The real promise here, which causes all that stuff to come to us, is, comes through the Holy Spirit. Those are side effects. Those are side effects of this covenant we have with God and him restoring us back to Genesis chapter 1, right there when the spirit, we died spiritually, and God said, oh, I'm going to give you a new spirit, but I'm going to put my spirit in you. And so when we enter into this relationship with God, the Bible just said, you have the blessing of Abraham, the promise of the spirit. You have something greater than an F-16 fighter jet strapped to your back. Everything that God is, is in you. Everything is fullness. The Spirit of God is what he's saying. You have received the Holy Spirit. And so everything that's been against you, that you've allowed or you've thought as a stumbling block, a challenge, a mountain, he says, that's nothing for me. Every limitation in your body, the Lord says, that's nothing for me. Every limitation with your career, you know, your resume, God says, that is nothing for me. Every limitation with your family, you have raised kids and made mistakes because you're a parent. (laughs) And God says, that's nothing for me to turn around and restore, heal your kids bring you back to a healthy relationship, save their souls. You have the, the blessing of Abraham, the promise of the Spirit. When I was reading that and just thinking about it, I don't even, I don't even, I'm like scratch the surface because I think there's so much in that right there that all through, if you think about the blessing of Abraham over here and he said, but really, it's, it's the promise of the Spirit over here. God is just like, I'm trying to get this to you. I'm pulling it through, and I'm pulling it this way right here because of all that I have for you, all that I have for you. I want to show up in your life. That blessing belongs to you. How many of you would receive that today? Keep your hand up. Maybe raise your other one as I just speak a blessing. I declare over you all the favor of God on your soul that it's at peace. 
that you have the wisdom of God to know exactly what to do at all times. I speak over your spirit, that in your spirit you'll glorify God, that you'll have a communion with the Lord like never before, that you'll be able to hear his voice and talk to him, and there'll be a new desire to draw close to him, that in your body you'll have strength for the day, you'll have renewed energy, and that things that hurt before will no longer hurt. Where there's been disease, there's healing in the name of Jesus. Things that have been degenerating are being restored right now in the name of Jesus. I speak over your finances, blessing there. God supplies all your needs according to his riches by Christ Jesus. All your needs are met. The spirit of poverty is broken over you. All lack, all insufficiency is met with an abundance in Jesus' mighty name. All your children will be taught of the Lord and great will be their peace. All your relationships, your married relationships, will be one in unity, and that you'll walk together, preferring one another, loving one another, respecting one another. Everything you put your hand to will prosper, will be blessed, because the Lord is with you, and the Lord blesses you. In Jesus' mighty name.